all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California. This is Kings in the North podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings in the North podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. And this week of the Sat Kings in the North podcast, we will get into a pretty rough week of the Kings basketball, recapping the three games this week, as well as looking forward to the next week of the preseason. And uh, because it's Thanksgiving weekend here in the Great White North, and uh, our friend Dirty Dan is out of town, we wanted to get you the podcast on Monday as usual, and so, therefore, there's going to be no Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. We're sorry, we wanted to tell you that in advance, in case you were patiently waiting just for that segment. Yeah, uh, to Dan, prayers are going out to you, um, please avoid that cold, don't get frostbite. Anyway, looking back on the first preseason game of the season, Monday, October 1st, we played the Phoenix Suns. In Phoenix, really uh, just a great showing all around. Um, some standout performances. Yogi Ferrell, uh, he led the team in scoring. Was overall just a, a big impact player when he was out on the court. As well as Willie Cauley-Stein had a, a double-double, I think, before the half. Mm-hmm. He um, was really grabbing down those boards and working hard out there. Yeah, I mean, the the Suns were Devin Booker-less, so... That was, uh, you know, from a neutral standpoint, that was kind of one of those things where maybe you didn't tune in. I mean, obviously we did, and it, it was it was a fun game to watch. Um, yeah, like you said, Yogi Ferrell, definitely the standout player. I think six for nine from three. Just so, someone I'm going to be looking forward to watching the whole season. Yeah, and another, another um, notable stat line is the 19 minutes and zero points for Justin Jackson. Yeah, uh, I mean, before last night's game, he was not really doing anything at all in his minutes out there, which was um, a big, big point of interest for really everybody involved. He he scored his first points in the preseason last night in Seattle, uh, which was after 55 minutes on the court. So really a real head-scratcher there is why he's getting minutes. But back to Phoenix, uh, a couple notes. The big bag was a strong finisher all around and really worked hard on those boards. But on defense, he was getting outplayed by Bagley like a solid amount of the time. Ayton. Or Ayton, sorry. You're right. He was getting <laughs> outplayed by Ayton almost every time up the court. But it's true. He was, he was, he was in his own head. I yeah. Mean. Up until the, the very last possession where he made a really crucial block on Ayton. He, he really struggled on defense, but offensively he looked pretty good. He was moving, he was rolling really well, working hard to get that second second rebound and really just flushing points. So uh, overall, really good rookie performance. A big interesting fact about that game, Frank Mason is older than Devin Booker, yet has two years less of experience in the league. And, I mean, obviously Devin Booker's a better player. So that's what we talk about when we're saying the age of some of these players is in question when it comes to making a long-term decision, 
especially with guys like Frank, uh, Buddy Love, guys who spent four years in college. Overall, it was a good win for the team. Yeah, I, I like the way we we finished the game. I I was kind of expecting a, a first preseason game, not like a meltdown, but just a kind of like a garbage time fourth quarter. But it, it was it was competitive all the all the way through. It was it, it was a good sign that that um. I don't know. We just we just stayed competitive. We stayed hungry the whole game. Yeah, and we, we really left a lot of the guys out there. Um, I mean, we didn't play any Stockton guys like we did the next two games. But uh, it was it was a really good um, really good showing for the guys. Anyway, up next was a bit of a bummer game, but honestly, not too unexpected. Yeah, it was it was a great first half. I was. It was I mean, really great first three quarters, yeah, and then true. the fourth quarter we really played guys like Cam Kent inbound Reynolds, <laughs> and uh, Kalen Lucas, and all these end of the bench guys slash going down to the Stockton guys, and I mean you can't expect to win them all, and it's good that Dave was playing these guys and giving them minutes to see what they look like, uh, especially like hidden gems like Wenyan Gabriel who's really. Shown out well. Yeah. I think it was a bit disappointing we couldn't sneak out of there with the victory, especially leading up until we threw it off of Brandon Ingram's leg three times in a row, and then the fourth time he just went and yammed on us. Uh, but, again, it was a great showing for the for the guys. Yeah, I think Buddy played really well. I They had the... De'Aaron played really well. Yeah, they had the five, or sorry, the four... Four big men in a guard lineup out there a couple times, which meant Bagley was stuck trying to stop the freight train that is LeBron James. Yeah, he, uh, he, he still played pretty well as well. I mean, he had a double-double. I mean, like, it's, as we've seen throughout LeBron's career, there's if LeBron wants to get to the hoop, he's going to get there. I mean, one, one way or another. The, the last, uh, what, three minutes, four minutes of the first half, when he, he kind of put up the bulk of his points, showed that he was really didn't do much aside from throw some good cut passes and uh, just make some good passes. And didn't really get to the rim a lot in the first half until that last two to three minutes where he knew he wasn't really going to play much in the second half and he just wanted to make his impact on the game and get the lead for the Lakers going into the half. He really just started hitting the rim, going to the bucket, and it shows why he's the greatest player in the league currently. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the one thing I, I was going to add to that is that I don't know how I f- feel about Bagley at the three. I mean, obviously... What about Bagley at the two? Yeah, that's... Uh, that, that's even worse. Yeah. I mean, like, what, what I was trying to get to is that not not every night you're, you're going to be, you know, facing a LeBron James type talent at the three, but there are a lot of good small forwards in the NBA that I don't think Marvin Bagley can stay with, uh, like from a defensive standpoint. Another example that was, we'll probably get to this, but last night against Kevin Durant, yeah, he was getting beat outside. He was getting beat on that first step to the bucket. Anyway, he, he's a very athletic guy. He'll, he'll learn how to defend at a league level. Even if it's not, he's not the best defender. But um, yeah, my my takeaway from that game was, I don't like the five, the four big men in a guard lineup. I'm not like positionless basketball can only go so far. I'd rather have 
the thirds lineup with yeah. Frank, Marvin, L- Macklemore, hot take, <laughs> and Giles. Continue on with this game, though. I, I really think it was a good sign. We had a solid unit of guys who all put up over 10 points and, and really showed out, including a new fan favorite, Wenyan Gabriel. Really looked pretty good in this game. Hit a couple big shots there towards the end. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had six guys in double figures, so, you know, we're spreading the wealth. And it was just fun watching, you know, the, the renewed rivalry. I mean, it's... It's still pretty shocking seeing LeBron in a Lakers jersey, but it was... It was a little sickening, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Yeah, for me, I don't know. For me, personally, I was... I was just kind of in shock, like, the whole first quarter. And then, you know, it kind of, like, hit me that this is, uh, is, you know, the world we live in now. Yeah, we kind of just have to get used to it. But uh, a a big point of focus for us was how did the youth look, especially in that first half... Really going into the last, what, 40 seconds of the first half, we had a lead against their projected starters minus Lonzo. Um, and the, the only way they really beat us was... Dude, Lonzo's by, coming off the bench, I think. I don't think so. I, I, dude, I think he's coming he'll, off the He'll bench. beat Rondo out. Yeah. Anyway, he. I think the only way that the Lakers could beat us was by keeping guys like Kuzma and Ingram and Contavious Caldwell-Pope in for almost the whole game. Those guys played almost 30 minutes apiece, over 30 minutes apiece, and Josh Hart as well. Um, yeah, it's against, looking like... It's against, looking like good. against a bunch of youth and really, uh, I mean, Ingram and Kuzma are youth, but also Stockton guys, so... It, yeah, I was just going to say, it's it's looking like Kyle Kuzma's not going to have the, the sophomore slump. Yeah, he looked he looked pretty good. Uh, as looked did, pretty jacked, honestly. Yeah. With some off-season work, like... Brandon Ingram looked really good as well, and it pains me to stay, say that. Yeah, he's another young guy. Actually, you just told me the other day that he is 21 years of age. Yeah. Which, well, I was actually pretty It's surprised. pretty shocking. Going into his third season now, really, really a talented player, and that really hurts that he's on the Lakers. Moving on to last night, real historic night, the last event in Key Arena. Uh... We came out and faced a really, really hot Clay Thompson, and which early, is something that always tortures us. Yeah, he just hates the Kings for some reason. Yeah. Maybe because his dad was a Laker for a long time. But he hit nineteen. He had nineteen points after the first quarter, more than the whole Kings lineup had. Um, it really exemplified some of the struggles that these young guys are going to face the rest of the season and have faced so far throughout the game really it, it was it was a really fun atmosphere I mean seeing Kevin Durant come out in the Sean Kemp jersey and be be like loved by this city who's starving for basketball was really a once-in-a-lifetime experience even us sitting up in the rafters the guys around us were all really fun. Yeah, really it, in love with the game. Yeah, it was just it 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 really. I mean, it it reminded me of you know the events at City Hall or Cesar Chavez Park with the you know the Here We Stay campaign um, a few years back. It, it was a similar atmosphere where it you know the people they want a team and they weren't dicks about it or anything and you know 
we were we were there. We were rowdy. We had we had to say, uh, bring back the monarch sign. Yeah, which Sacramento a, Monarchs. R.I.P. That was a that was a hit with the crowd. They were loving that. There was a you know the the cast and crew of the uh, Seattle Seahawks were in the building. Yeah. All the, it, all it the was notables. Just, it was a fun atmosphere. It was um, Macklemore was there, not just Ben. That's true. It was. It was a really fun. Which one? I don't know which Macklemore's worse. Yeah, probably still Ben. Mm. G League Ben. Anyway, I think it was. It was a really fun time. Uh, we got to see the bald spot on uh, Van Gundy's head <laughs> from about a mile away. Uh, anyway, it was just a. It was a good time overall. The game itself. Not as much of a good time, but still very fun. Very fun to watch such dominant players play. Yeah, I, I mean... Anytime you can watch the Warriors, it's just fun basketball. How they can move the ball around, it's, find an open shot. I, I, I think it's frustrating. It is fun to watch, but it's frustrating because, I mean, obviously the Warriors are, are the upper end of the of the spectrum of the league. But it just showed, even without Draymond and Steph... Yeah. And Bug. Yeah. Well, DeMarcus was in the building. That was kind of... So was Draymond. Yeah, that's true. They were both sitting baseline. Don't think they moved the entire game. Yeah, I was just... To to finish up my thought, I was just going to say, you know, even without their their whole starting unit, you know, we were eons, light years behind. And, you know, super team just young, or however you want to phrase it. It, it, was, it was just interesting seeing... Justin Jackson and Marvin Bagley guard Kevin Durant, and just, I mean they they couldn't do anything about it. I was watching a couple highlights this morning, and it just shows how much Kevin Durant actually travels with that sliding pivot foot. But we won't talk about that. Yeah, this is the NBA. We don't call. Yeah, travels. I don't. I don't think you know those two or three hoops would have helped helped our cause. Um. Anyway, yeah, I think. I mean, I, go ahead. Go back ahead. to. How their their style of play is fun. I'd way rather watch them than watch the Houston Rockets, who are so ISO dominant. And it's also just really frustrating watching James Harden, yeah, hook arms all day. I'm yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm I'm not a James Harden fan at all. Coming from a, somebody that went to ASU. Very hot. Today. Yeah, that's scalding. Yeah, I I don't know. I just don't like you know. I, I'm left-handed. He's left-handed. It's like you know. You went to ASU. He went to yeah, ASU. We're we're in that. We're you in that. have a beard. He has a beard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just not what it's not pleasing to the eye, in my opinion. But back to this game in Seattle. Yeah, the standout was was Harry Giles, which it was interesting though. I mean, he. I mean, really, everyone on the team was cold shooting. Yeah, there were a lot of shots that tough you, first quarter. Um, Buddy missed a lot of shots that you'd expect him to make. Yeah, I was getting kind of fed up with that. De'Aaron, same thing. Uh, really, everybody was missing shots. I know. For yeah, for like Scow was just uh, everything was out. There's you couldn't buy a bucket. But but towards the end of the the third quarter, early fourth, you saw guys start clicking, especially uh, Harry Giles, and then some of the reserves actually put in some solid work, like. Who can't inbound Cam? He he hit three huge threes, including the last points to ever be scored at Key Arena uh, at the end of the game. Some of them with a dude right in his eye. So made up a little bit for not inbounding it, but yeah, still, I got got to work on that. I think for me, the best part of the game was Kevin Durant's first points back in Key Arena. 
gets Justin Jackson up in the air, cuts baseline, double clutch dunk, crowd goes wild. I even, you know, did a little golf clap. That that was that was a cool moment. Yeah, I mean, the the whole atmosphere there was great, but honestly, it's nothing compared to Golden One. Yeah, I Golden mean, Golden One's way rowdier for just a normal night. So yeah, I mean, and it's like a similar similar size stadium. It was the it was maybe the, maybe even a little smaller. No, I think I I think it's seventeen five. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know it was packed to the brim, of course. But yeah, n- nothing beats when we got those cowbells out, and it's the fourth quarter, our quarter, and we're we're going nuts, chant beat L.A. There's really no better atmosphere. You know, I've been to. A fair share of stadiums around the league, and it's true. Golden One Center, pristine. Yeah, and what makes it the way it is are the people who show up. So keep being rowdy. So get those butts in those seats this season. Always have them. That's a good transition to the next week of basketball. Unless you wanted to finish something else about, about Seattle, I'm. I think Seattle, it was a good look, it was fun. It's in the past now. Yeah, I think... No yeah. reason to, to dwell on the big loss. Yeah, the other thing I was reading is is uh, now they're thinking 2025 for the new Seattle. Really? Which is... That's that's a long ways away. I know. They're uh, thinking 2020 for that new hockey team that just was uh, voted through. How about they bring something back to Rodgers here first? Bring back the Grizzlies. Make Memphis the notes. Take the Jazz away from Utah. Make them Re- something restructure else. Restructure the whole league. Yeah. To give Rename every team. team. Uh, anyway, this next week at Kings Basketball, we're finally coming home. It's Back coming. to your Golden it's One It's coming home. On Monday, we got Maccabee Haifa, the team from Israel that we seem to play every preseason. Let me take a look. We have played them in 2014. Spanking them 91-59. We played them in 2016. Another big win. We dropped 135. And then we play them this year, Monday, October 8th, live at Golden One Center. One of those games that I'm going to watch. I don't... I no particular interest in the, the Israeli Basketball League, but... Hopefully we can get Grant on a call and finally have some music to our ears. Uh, it's been It's been tough not hearing... Grant the last three nights. Yeah, and and Jerry, if you want to do the call as well, we're, no we one's going to complain. Open arms. I, I'm I'm opening. I'm yeah. I'm I I'm a fan of of Doug Christie to an extent. As a player, great. Yeah, love it. But as a commentator, a little less great. It's when he when 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 Doug would fill in for Jerry on the road games, I was like, Jesus Christ, can we not do this? But now they're you know they're getting the timing back and. I think, you know, it's just fun to hear Doug talk about the good old days. And I, I think this this new season, it'll be, uh, I think it'll work out. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to hear that home commentary. What do you think? You, I'm, you think we drop 135 again? I don't think 135, but I could see us dropping a solid C note, nice little 100, um, winning by 20 or so. I... I I think it could honestly be a good game depending on uh, if the rookies bounce back or not from this big loss. The youth, I mean, you can get caught up in that or you can move past it. 
and that'll be a good test for the for the guys. Moving on, later in the week we face Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and the Utah Jazz at Golden One Center as well. Yeah, this is a uh, first night of a back to back, so you think we're gonna get some solid solid minutes on the on the first first night of the back to back. Somehow we have the most back to backs in the league, and they just want to give us more in the preseason. Like, why why even put preseason back to backs? Isn't the point of extending Adam the silver? Isn't the point of extending the preseason to avoid injuries? Anyway, no, I agree. I don't. I don't exactly know. Maybe there there was some scheduling conflicts, or who knows the inner workings of the Illuminati that is the NBA. Yeah, I I, I think this will be a tough game for the troops. Um, but support, having that rowdy the troops, having that rowdy golden golden one center fans behind them. Should give them that boost to maybe even put it over the top. The Jazz are, I think, kind of a middle-of-the-pack playoff team. Probably a 5 or 6 seed, maybe even a 4 seed. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun team to watch here coming forward. And tickets for this game are like $12. So so get out you know, support the team. Like, Get out there, have a couple beers, have a good time. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason, like, not to go, you know? I mean, It's a Thursday night. What else is there to do in Sacramento on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, I'd be at the game if I was there. And so, you can too. And we don't have a Ticketmaster promo code for the podcast, but if we did, we'd give it to you. So, Ticketmaster, hit us up about that. Uh, finally, our last preseason game of 2018 before our 2018-2019 Sacramento Kings enter the regular season, is up in the great Pacific Northwest. The oh, Rose. Great's a little bit of an ex- yeah. uh, uh, an exaggeration. The Rose Garden. Friday, October 12th, we play the Portland Trailblazers. I'm going to predict a big loss as it's the second night in the back-to-back. And if last night was any sign of anything, back-to-backs are just not the Kings' forte. Yeah, plus, you know, it's like that fourth preseason game in the in the NFL slate where, you know, you're not you're not you're not about to run your starters 30 minutes, but you'll give them a solid at least. I mean, almost every game so far has played most of the starters at least a half. Yeah, I think yeah, like last night um in Seattle, De'Aaron got a little a little uh, less time than I would have liked as a from a fan standpoint. I think he only had 17 minutes, 26. Oh, then I'm way wrong. Wait, De'Aaron yeah, he played. He played the third quarter too. Most of the guys played into the third quarter, but even as a fan, they, none, nobody really had a memorable game, which is the biggest problem there. Yeah, could have sworn. All right, learn something new every day. But going forward to to next Friday, I think we'll see pretty limited minutes from the starters. Either C.J. McCollum or Dame Dollar is going to go off for a big game, and. It'll be a big L, but who knows, because it is that last preseason game, and if Cam Reynolds can go 13 for 13 from three and tie Steph's record, uh, maybe we'll be in it. Who knows? Or he might just not be able to inbound it again, and we'll lose. Yeah, well, either way, I think one thing, and I'm just, you know, searching up the old interwebs, you know, for, for, for some info, and we we always knew this, but... Marvin Bagley III says he is the better option between himself and DeAndre Ayton. How do you feel about, you know, he doesn't, what is, is 
repertoire is well is is a uh, you know small sample size what do you think like just from a, a standpoint of do you think players should talk about themselves like I, that well i think i mean i really am on the fence about what he's saying i i could see it going either way it's really too early to tell yeah i'm not i'm not a big Aiton fan at all so I, i'll agree with that i don't dislike Aiton. i think that he's looked really offensively potent yeah. Putting up almost 20 points in all three of their preseason games. Yeah, he's so averaging far. 22 and a half. Yeah, he's looked really good. He's looked really good on the pick and roll. He's looked good on defense. Bagley hasn't been there. It's, he hasn't been super consistent. Exactly. His right hand is still a big issue. He got blocked multiple times in the last few games. He that If that continues to be an issue, there might be issues down the road. But when he has it on, when he's doing things like getting that second rebound, doing that quick second jump and slamming it home, it shows what he could be. And this quote just backs up what I want to see out of him, which is more confidence in himself, more confidence in his own game. Exactly. And I, I don't really dislike it at all. I mean, it's a pretty innocent quote. It's not like he's trying to start a feud, start some beef. But with- why not? I mean, you know, it's division rival. Why not start some beef? They're, they're friends. They go back. They played in high school together. They're not going to be beefing out in the court. Yeah. They're right. going to go home and have a steak together after the game. But it, it is nice to, to stir the pot a little bit. And just to kind of close out this week's episode, um, we've we've chosen a couple of players each who we think deserve the title of Players of the Week. We've chosen one forward and one guard uh, who's really shown out during the this week's performances. Um I'll start with my guard pick of four or player of the week. I think Yogi Ferrell, even though he didn't play in the last two games, showed out real well in that first game against Phoenix. He put up a huge stat line, led the team in points, and really led us to that victory with those 26 points. I, I think he deserves player of the week pretty, pretty uh, uncontested. How about you? Yeah, for, for guards... Um... I'm going to go with the easy choice and pick De'Aaron. Nothing that really stood out as far as, like, didn't drop 50 or anything. But I like the way he's, you know, I like the term the governor general. He's, you know, he's commanding the floor. And I I just like to see how he's maturing as a player. Um, I don't know. Maybe get the assists up a tad, but... Huge game against LA, for yeah. sure. I, it's respectable. For the forward spot, a little bit more... Contested as nobody really had any a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, a lot of inconsistency for sure. No one had no no forward had three solid games. But the guy that had probably two solid games was Harry Giles. He looked really yeah. good against the Suns. He looked pretty good against the Lakers as well. And then though against the Warriors, he turned it on in the second half. I think he was really deserving. Outside of that, you could really make an argument for Wendian Gabriel. Mm -hmm. He had 10 points against the Lakers in 18 minutes and 5 rebounds. And then played 10 minutes last night and had 8 boards. Putting in those unrespected stat lines. Mm -hmm. Things that people don't look at normally. So he's he's my runner-up for uh, forward of the week. Yeah, I think Wendian's a good pick. Um... I, I think I'm going to pick HG3 too. Um, 
Harry Giles, he, he was the closest of the forwards to having three solid games, I guess. He, he also showed off the footwork last night. Uh, made a really, really nice play. Backpedaling into the corner. Catching a pass. And just shooting that Ray Allen five seconds left. Bang! Tie from the game corner. with five seconds remaining. So he, he looked really great uh, in flashes. And he was a bit more consistent than most of the other players. But the forward play all around. I mean, another another player who's had a pretty good week was uh, Willie Trill. Mm-hmm. Put up a lot of points in the first two games. And then last night, shown out defensively with a couple of blocks. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit more tightly contested there. Again, apologies for no Dirty Dan this week. We are just as hurt as you are for him leaving us for Calgary. Yeah, how about this instead? Here's a question that anyone can answer if they feel like it. Should I start Aaron Rodgers or Matty Ice this week in fantasy? If you have an answer for Ben, email us at kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. We look forward to reading your emails. Tune in next week when hopefully... Dan will be back. We never know. He may not escape the frost. With that guy. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.